Viewer discretion advised. Refrain from watching if you're short-tempered or get offended or annoyed easily, or if you're under the age of 18. Also, don't watch if you're touchy on the following subjects, such as mental health, suicide, firearms, veterans, dark humor, swearing, violence, war, small parts of political and world events. The host, co-hosts, and guests are not professionals, so anything mental or physical health-related topics mentioned on Asylum Arms, take with a grain of salt and contact your doctor or therapist for advice or questions on those subjects. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Asylum Arms. This is episode 35. Today, we got Steve or Shanghai. He's the CEO of StackUp. But before we get into the episode, a word from our sponsors from Audible. Audible is an app that you can... Uh, uh, Audible, you can download it and install on all smartphone tablets and devices, even computers. You can listen across devices without losing your spot if need be. And if you can't decide what you like to listen to, don't worry. You can keep your credits up to one year and use them to binge watch a host series if you like. And you can rack up credits just by watching series. That's not how you say series. <laughs> and ebooks. Um, so somewhere in the Twitch eventually it'll show up um with our with a link to our 30 day three trial, which you can get to get 30 three trial audible. And it also supports the podcast. Now on to this episode. How are you guys' day today? Doing good, man. How are We're you? Doing great. Hey Rex, is English not your first language? Because you were uh it is you're my first a, language, but I suck. Uh, you definitely having some trouble there with that rad read there. Um, <laughs> you see, no, my first thing, language is um not English. It is um Scott stupid. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an interesting way of putting it. But <laughs> All right, well, good evening, happy uh, holidays, gentlemen. How's everybody doing out there? Doing well. How are you? <laughs> I will be. Better in about a week after things die down out here. But yeah. <laughs> I was looking over my shoulder at our calendar on the wall there, and it's just, it is a sprint to the finish line here. But yeah, it's, uh, it's all coming together. But you can right. make it. That's the good thing about it. So, Paul, you said that you had a question you wanted to ask to start out the episode. Hey, hey, hey. We have audio issue. Okay, Fantastic. Go for What's the audio Why wouldn't issue? We have an audio issue. What's they the can issue? only hear Rex, yes. they can't so, hear us. Oh, looks a lot of shit. Okay. There we go. Now they can hear you. All right. Don't worry. We're, we're, we're nailing all the marks today. It's just freaking on the ball. Carrie, give me a thumbs up. We're nailing all the audio issues today. <laughs> okay. I can hear it. All right. We're good. <laughs> Alrighty, so how's that question coming along there? Well, the question's fine. Well, a question I've got or something? It's I don't know what the fuck's going on. Hear it. <laughs> yeah, like... So oh. my my question to you, um, I've, <clears throat> I've, I've I've talked with other people that um, you know, other veterans, things like that, that have uh, have expressed interest in wanting to make their own orgs and 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 things like that, and and you being someone that obviously has done it. Um, it's kind of a two-part question. Uh, one is take me back to where this idea of stack up came from and how it came about. And, and number two, what kind of, what kind of hoops and, and red tape and, and all that good, happy stuff did you have to jump through to make such an organization like this happen? Um, okay. Where it started, uh, long once, once upon a time, uh, I was in the military and deployed overseas twice. Uh, while I was deployed overseas. Uh, and anybody who's been deployed overseas, uh, you have probably a connex full of 
well-meaning civilian donations like baby powder and wet wipes and things that nobody decks of playing cards. I forgot about those. Those are fun. Um, just things that people are, or organizations are, are generally throwing away or trying to get rid of or are very inexpensive. <laughs> and it turned into one of those things where it's like, boy, if you use that money, all that money and time and energy, if you were actually sending guys and gals overseas something worth a shit, uh, they'd probably get a lot more benefit as opposed to, oh, look, it's another package of cookies that tastes like baby powder because they were packed together. Uh, so yeah, good times. So, right. uh, a buddy of mine in 2009, uh, my gunner in Iraq, I know my driver in Iraq, um, reached out and asked, I was playing around on the periphery of the games industry as a blogger. And so I was going to conventions and doing game guides and reviews and things like that. And I had some connections and he reached out and said, Hey, uh, could you like reach out to your connections and see if you guys could get us like an Xbox or something? We're in Afghanistan. We're losing our minds. There's nothing to do over here. Last unit rat fucked the MWR facility. There's nothing here. And so I was like, all right, I'll see what I could do. Not really knowing what to expect, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, so I reached out to my contact over at Activision, Mr. Dan, one of Swords Amrick at the time. He was there like a community blogger back when that was a thing. They were going for their own major nelson vibe if people still remember who that was <laughs> so they had their own thing and uh he just reached into their prize closet and unloaded it on us and it was pallets of stuff that got shipped to my house and uh so it was one of these things like i immediately shipped a bunch of stuff over to my my buddy in afghanistan and uh we got back all these amazing pictures of him and his guys uh wearing Stetson hats, doing a Guitar Hero uh, tournament on the side of a Connex. They were using a, a hijacked briefing projector to you know, show the, the uh, game on the side of a briefing projector or on the side of a Connex. That's funny. It was just fantastic pictures. Like, oh, this is great. The next thing I know, I start getting emails from other units that my buddy was deployed, the sister units and left and right units for these other guys are just like, well, hey, can you do that for us? Uh, and it was like, huh, what an interesting kind of thing going on here. And so that kind of got the ball rolling with that. Uh, that's the uh, origin story. I mean, the real origin story, the, the bullshit stuff that we would get donated to us was uh we had my infantry company got to donated a third a box a crate it was a full crate of harlequin romance novels from a oh, library well-worn third hand like harlequin romance novels it was kind of like one of these like wow thanks for sending that to a to a company of dudes like yeah. thanks yeah. <laughs> so we ended up uh so we ended up using a lot of them in the confiscated arms range for target practice we ended up shooting a lot of them up just because i was like well can't see any can't see too many folks using these bodice rippers for much else right except taking up space so we just shot the ever-loving shit at them so that yeah. said it was that's how that kind of came to pass where it was like boy civilians really want to help but or they want to look like they're helping, but what, what if they actually helped? Imagine that world. Mm. And uh, boy, every year we get away from 9-11 is just one more year that just, they say they would never forget, but boy, it feels like they forgot a lot.
So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the start of stack up, uh, from, uh, stack up became a thing in 2015 officially. And so I had another charity first, uh, back in the day, it did not go the way I wanted it to. And then stack up was the version 2.0 of the military charity that I wanted. And it worked out pretty nicely as you can see. So as far as starting your own thing, first off, you better be serious because if you don't, if you're like trying to, well, I want to make this thing or I don't like, you better mean it because there are going to be nights and days when you're just like, I don't feel like doing this. It's, it's like anybody who's a a master chef or a, you know, master guitar player or something like that. And they just go home and they practice 14 hours a day and they get up the next morning and they practice another 14 hours. You're like, do you not like doing this? Yeah. I just love this thing. You have to come at it like that because if your heart is not in it, it's going to get hard. Uh, charity work is extremely painful. (laughs) It is hard work. It is hundreds of people with their hands out at all times asking for things and you not having enough stuff to, to give to everybody. And so you have, it is, it's, it's not a lot of money. It's not a lot of, uh, it's a lot of hours. And the second it gets hard, you will, you'll start to fall off. You're not going to have that drive and you'll quit. And you have to truly believe in what you are doing. And generally speaking, I will just tell folks if they're looking to start their own thing, if they are not coming up with something violently unique, then just find the organization that you want to work with and go help them. Because the amount of time and energy and treasure that you're going to have to throw into the void to create a duplicate organization that you're just going to spend your life in the shadow of another organization, it's not worth it. So find something. Now, again, I'm not telling anybody we can always use more people on the front lines. Anybody you want to like, hey, there are guys out there giving out golf clubs to guys in front, like tee it up for the troops, our friends over there. It's like everybody's got an angle. If you can find a unique angle and you can't find anybody doing it, that's when you strike. Uh, Because veteran services and veteran service organizations like they don't know what to do with us. We're so different from what the usual veteran service organization is that there's a lot of just general brand confusion. And what the hell are these? What are they doing? <laughs> they're doing what? They have a yes. house and they just bring people over and they play games. With them? Like, yeah, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's only a little bit of it. You guys yeah. don't just do one category of charity things either. You guys do a wide variety of things for veterans and sure, activity. Sure. We have a we have a variety of programs with Stack Up that have kind of grown into place. Because again, it was just when I first started out, it was just sending Xboxes overseas, right? And then it mm-hmm. turned into, well, let's hey, we love going to these conventions. What if we brought some veterans to with us to these conventions and let's have fun doing that? And that's our aerosol program. And then the the community thing grew up around as the organization grew. And we just had, you know, hangers on and people and volunteers that wanted to, I want to do more. I was like, all right, well, cool. Why don't you start something locally and do something? And we got about 30 teams nationwide that are just out there randomly doing volunteer work. Uh, The one I'm most proud of is our Overwatch program, which is our suicide prevention team online. That's definitely one of those things that just kind of came together in a way that, boy, I'm glad it did what it did when it did. And it's, we've, we've, we've saved people, which is crazy to think about it. It's just, it's a numbers game, you know, 
over a thousand people served with our Overwatch program alone, you know that there's a couple guys and gals out there who probably wouldn't be with us if we had not gotten a hold of them earlier or given them a Absolutely. given them a platform to talk to. Now I'm not claiming that we oh we've saved over a thousand lives. Like no, that's not realistic. Generally, people are coming in. If they're coming into our Discord, they're not on the ledge like I'm going to kill myself. And we've had a couple. Uh, but yeah, the folks that are coming in are just like, I'm just having a bad day or my mom and dad or this, that, and the other thing. And life's kicking our ass. I just need to talk to somebody. And that's the best way to do it is you get them way before they're yeah. on the ledge or they are sitting in front of their gun, you know, ready to kill themselves. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, and then now this Phalanx house situation out here in Los Angeles, which is turning into a thing. Uh, this was just supposed to be hopped up uh, office space. And then it turned into, well, we'll fly out some guys to Los Angeles to be a good time. And it suddenly turned into, well, now we're working with the county and we're working with all these homeless veterans that are coming to the house and playing games and playing Dungeons and Dragons and interacting with one another. And they feel like humans again, you know, as opposed to where they're staying at, you know, they kind of forgot what it is to have fun and enjoy each other's company and play games and have a good time. And it's really, it's really exciting to see the organization continue to grow and change over the years. Like I had no auspices of no grand designs of turning this into a mental health organization or some sort of aspirational organization, but it's just grow the way that it's growing. It's like, well, we can't not do this now. Like we've, we've helped too many people that we can't turn back. And we're like, no, we need to like narrow down our focus a bit. <laughs> it's like, well, we're actually doing a pretty good job. So. You guys have done outstanding. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's been interesting. So, <laughs> so but yeah, that's the first thing I, I tell everybody that if if you're like if you're if your heart is not in it or you have some sort of other aspiration, like again, the, what what Stack Up was back in the day was asking for donations from a lot of developers and publishers, and we would get boxes and boxes. Those days are over, by the way. Ever since the pandemic. Like yeah. We just don't get boxes of anything anymore. It's just like, it's, the, it's the difference from being able to go to a Best Buy and go buy a dozen Xboxes as opposed to, well, we saw a PlayStation five the other day and you can't <laughs> buy it. It's three months back. Sniff the box. Bro. Graphics oh. cards. Yeah. Oh. Graphics cards being a thousand dollars plus. And just, we're not getting product anymore. So we're having to pay for everything. So it's turning into a, but again, these are, these are the hard times because of the economy being that shitter. Mm -hmm. We're just, this is like, you have, have to believe in what you're saying and doing, or you're going to quit you. Something will, whether it's the money, someone will come along and give you a better opportunity. You'll get tired of it. You'll get tired of drama and bullshit and just go, why am I doing this? And I still do that. I, I will look around this $2 million house, this mansion that we have, and I will go, God, I fucking get tired of this shit. But I'm also doing like 12 and 14 hour days too. Like we literally last night, it was, we were here till. 11 o'clock last night we had a christmas party uh for a bunch of guys and <clears throat> it was great it was a good time so and uh go ahead sorry i'm just being, gonna keep talking <laughs> with, <laughs> being, with being on the fuck up dude <laughs> <laughs> with um being on that topic of that whole challenges of what is, what are the biggest challenges you've had to overcome to make stack up to what it is today um the surprise about the um, America loving the troops, which was definitely kind of a, you know, they love talking about how much they support the troops, but the, the baby powder and wet wipes 
is about as far as they'll go. They'll put yellow ribbon stickers on their cars. But when it comes to actually helping, I feel like I run a I feel like I run a charity for convicted felons sometimes. Because it's just that same level of like, well, they kind of did this to themselves and there are other organizations out there that, you know, that we could be supporting the the sick kids and puppy charities out there of the world where it's like they have and I regularly say I call they're blameless victims. They're people they're there's that they're it's a five year old with uh leukemia. You know, it's like that is a conversation where it's like I can't a you know, a two time deployment, you know, veteran who has a couple DUIs on his record might or might not have hurt his wife. You know, it's like, those are some of the guys we're helping. And it's like, I think I'm going to help the five-year-old. It's like, yeah, I can't blame you sometimes. So there's definitely, there's definitely some conversations to be had about the population that we're serving where it's like not all. And anybody who put on a uniform, it gets real quick. Again, the civilians of the world, they're just like, Oh, you guys are heroes. And it's like, actually, there's quite a number of people in uniform that are just tremendous dirtbags and are there just because they didn't want to go to jail or, uh, and I don't even know if they still do that or not. It's like, go to war, go still to jail. still have that option out there. That's still Yeah, and it's like, everybody here who was in a, in a military unit had two to three guys in their platoon or squadron or something like that. It's like, wow, this guy is a full-on piece of shit. And, you know. And even the requests we get, you know, the veterans that we're supporting, you know, we've had guys kind of kind of fuck us over where it's like clearly they don't need the help, but they are asking for help. And it's like, oh, it's frustrating. So mm. there's a lot of like random. So the American population every year we get away from 9-11, I said earlier, it's it's one of these things where, you know, we do really well when America, just America in general, and it's it's tough to say, but when we have a bad guy out there, uh, we we rally together pretty well. COVID, it wasn't exactly the bad guy we needed, but for a brief moment, we were all together in the same boat, and everybody had to deal with this thing, and it was like, okay, this is going to bring us together, and it kind of didn't. But um, yeah, it definitely yeah. split the country a bit. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So that's that's really the the biggest because people should just be throwing money at us with as much as everybody's oh veterans oh god veteran boners just ever November eleventh it's just just boy they can't talk you just the the commercials start in the morning and they end at eleven fifty nine those four dealership like oh it's Veterans Day and then as soon as the fucking clock strikes twelve that's it. It's right. fucking day, game over. All right, see you in three hundred fifty nine three hundred sixty four days, asshole. So mm-hmm. it, that was a real hard lesson to learn because, again, I, I bought into the whole, oh, America loves veterans. America loves veterans. And they still will claim that. But we don't, we don't get this kind of support. Like we're a faction, a fraction of a fraction of the population. And there's a lot of folks out there that wish they had served or wanted to serve and didn't get the chance to. And there's a little bit of that. Uh, grief you got to deal with you know the folks who are like wow i don't like veterans and then the, yeah you get the baby killers the the people who think you know we're supporting murderers and rapists and it's just like not gonna be um stuff yeah it's like oh you're <laughs> slamming babies heads against trees out there you terrible it's like where are you getting this from what what is wrong with you so it's 
what movie have it, you been watching? Right, and that's it. It's like, oh, you've been watching, you've been uh, binging Netflix again, have you? All right, cool. But yeah, there's just it's it's very frustrating sometimes working, uh, just working with America, right? <laughs> because it's it's a lot. It's uh, it is, and especially these last couple of years, it's been a real ride. But uh, it's they say one thing and then do something else. Well, we'd love to help. Oh, but boy, we would oh, just it's the end of the year and we really wanted to get something done. We just couldn't figure it out in time. And man, we just want to help. And then because and then the the crazier thing is as the years go on and China starts taking over more and more of everything in the game space and in, in general, mm-hmm. um, we're 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 dealing with a global community that doesn't exactly like U.S. forces. So groups like Amazon, I don't know how long that's going to, we're going to be able to work with Amazon and Twitch, but it's one of those things is like, oh, they have a global population, Eastern European, Eastern Europe, uh, Asia markets that they have to, to cater to. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where it's like, oh, we really would love to help, but uh, you know, not everybody's a big fan. We're going to definitely see that as a, yeah, we're going to see that as a hit to our bottom line. So maybe we should... We'll quietly help veterans. We will. Qu- I'll, we'll cut you a check for five thousand dollars. Please don't let anyone know where you got it from. And uh, yeah, and that it's this is the kind of shit. It's the we're we're the side piece of America. Right. We will never be the focal point unless we are World War Three level of like, oh, thank God you're out there and I'm not, kind of thing. But we're just we are we're this like dirty little secret. And some of the things that veterans are having to deal with on a day to day level, and I'm seeing it here in Los Angeles because I'm going out to these homeless facilities and and talking to these guys and they're coming to the house and they're telling us these fucking horror stories about just being back home and not getting the support they need. And it's like, Jesus, yeah, thank you for your service kind of shit, you know? Yeah. So you you spoke briefly on the air assault program and what it what it was about. Are, are there any challenges that come with running that program? Yeah, money. <laughs> it's extremely expensive. Um, part of the reason why the house was uh, such a phalanx house here was going to be so great was we were just going to start bringing guys out to Los Angeles. We didn't need, because of COVID, it turned into this like, well, we'll just bring guys to Los Angeles. We'll do cool, do cool stuff and we won't be you know, contractually obligated to a convention or something like that. We'll just bring them out. We'll do the Hollywood tour. We'll feed them full of food. We'll have a great time out here. They'll have fun, and uh, we'll just make our own air assault trips out here. And it's just turned into, okay, that's not happening because the economy's in the toilet, and our donations just aren't as going as far as they you know, used to go. And so it's – it's, but uh, generally speaking, we'll, we'll be uh, – getting back into it here in 2023 now that I think, I think we can kind of go ahead and say COVID's over at this point. Or if it, I had to put on a mask the other day and was like, what? what, really? Are we still doing that here? Uh, Every time I, go to the Angeles, VA, I still got to put that damn thing on. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, with the VA. Yeah. The VA, I get it. If you're in a hospital, sure. I understand. Right. But uh, it's like, yeah, anywhere else it's it, and Los Angeles was one of the last bastions of COVID. So it was like one of these, Oh, really? We're putting masks back on? Okay. Um, you should go to New York. New York still has um, vaccination and mask mandates to go anywhere in New York City. Really? Wow, that's crazy. Do uh, they not? In the not city, in, no. maybe. But that's what I mean, state? in the city. Yeah, in I, the meant state? In this, I meant in the city itself. Hmm. 
Yeah, I can't Thanks. even. Uh, yeah, it's getting to the point. So yeah, our, things should start opening up next year. I'm hoping. Like we're <laughs> we're looking with this uh, NBC Universal. We're working with those folks. So uh, they have Universal Studios right down the street from the house, and they're opening up that Super Mario World thing here. And that's that's like, a, oh, that'd be a cool thing to start bringing some guys and gals out to. I think that could be fun. But yeah, that's uh, that's generally where we're at right now with that program. Um, what are some things you have adapted from the military that's helped you with stack up and streaming? You had me at stack up. The streaming thing, not so much. Like I don't, I don't know if I took any military like, that's fair. lessons. Uh, like, but stack up, uh, I, I apparently am pretty good at leading people, which I didn't think that was a thing. Like I was an officer in the service, and I didn't think I really had learned. Like, I guess I'm okay at this kind of as a a leader for this organization. So that's as close as I can say. Somewhere along the lines, I picked up enough leadership lessons to translate it into the civilian population and uh, just generally dealing with people. But um, military forces you to interact with other people and work with other people that you might not want to work with or uh, you have to tolerate and uh, for the greater good, for the mission mission accomplishment. So it's kind of one of these like, okay, uh, that's definitely taught me how to be play politics and okay, we're going to get this done. I know you don't like me and I don't like you, but we're, we're going to figure this out. And so, good, we're going to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. So that was definitely something I got from the military that charity work is, you know, extremely fraught with of, uh, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, that, that's the real big thing is I did, I didn't know how. I don't say how good I am at this, but it's obviously worked out in the long term. I obviously kind of, I mean, we're going on year eight now, so it's, it seems to have worked out the people who are with the people who, and I have been told this is the people who are working for me are not obviously here for the pay. And it's between the mission and myself as being the, the figurehead for this organization. That's like the, so they believe in my, my crazy ass vision of trying to get veterans help with video games because everybody here has generally used video gaming in some capacity as some sort of medic medication of some sort. Uh, escape. Are going, yeah. It's escapism at the, at the, at its finest. So mm. and it's just so happens to say $250 billion industry. Uh, it doesn't, <laughs> just, it doesn't just so happens this little, uh, this little nerd hobby that I picked up, a, you know, a couple decades ago, just took over the world in a pretty dramatic way. So, so not 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 to date you any but uh what 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 would be your first game that that gave you the fondest memories fondest memories i don't know about fondest the one i the first i have memories of time pilot on the atari 2600 from a lifetime ago but my my memories my dad would take me to the arcade slash uh miniature golf course back in my hometown uh, and there was a game called Dragon's Lair, which I have all it, yeah. the kids, That's... all the kids were coming around. Like, and it, there was a crowd of people around this machine, this arcade machine. And it's like, it's like you're playing a cartoon. Yep. Um, but that I was like six or seven and it terrified the fuck out of me. Like for years, like I just couldn't. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, because every he just. Dirk the Daring gets murdered in quite a few different ways. And it's like, ah, oh, it's between like, the skeletons. Oh, it's cartoons. Oh, my God. Ah. 
<laughs> it's a fantastic game and i hate to admit i still have not beat that fucking game really when i was wow. a kid or it's now i mean i have it now and i've tried it and i still fuck it up and i'm like now my reflexes as an old man aren't getting any better this yeah but it's out. it's literally a 20 minute game if you play it from beginning to end <laughs> yeah yeah well it's, i i know i know it's crazy you could do it during the course of this podcast right it's, it's not when you think about what it really is and i guess it's on steam and the whole collection both dragon's lair and space ace it's like 20 bucks which is like one of these i can't believe we're here in this it's like i can play it on my phone it's like oh right it's so fucking weird uh, as opposed, to, as opposed to when we were kids we were like i would have loved to have that machine in my house oh yeah like six oh, grand at the time Oh, oh, probably even more. Those laser discs, like laser oh, disc yeah. machines. Like, come on. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right, so that was my, that was my first memories of video games. Like just as my brain was coming online and like figuring these, but I knew I liked them and yep. yeah, arcade arcade was my place as a kid. So to kind of follow on with uh dead sea pools question here, what is a, what is a game that you wish you never played? Ooh. Wow, that's a good one. Shit, I generally there's always something good to get out of a game you've played, but there's never been anything that has been like that was so bad. Like the deadly premonitions of the world, I played through that and I did not hate it. It was actually by the time I got done, I was like, okay, I'm glad I did that. Um, boy, I don't think the <laughs> I think the phrase is hasn't met a game he hasn't like. Um. I mean, they get forgotten in the annals of history, the fives and sixes of the world where you're just like, eh, that was all right. I couldn't tell. Like, I think, I think back at one of the first games that uh, darkest, what is it? Darkest days or something like that. It was a, it was a historically inaccurate game where you were time traveling as a first person shooter. It was one of the first games I covered as a game blogger from PAX East. It was, or PAX West. It was before PAX East was even a thing. It was like 2009, 2010, and they had mm. such a, they had such a, I remember they had such a crazy booth at PAX West because it was, because it was time traveling. They had a bunch of booth babes back when that was a thing, uh, dressed up in different historical outfits, like, you know, uh, you know, civil war era. And, uh, I'm trying to think like, you know, ancient Egypt and things like that. It was just like, right. And the game was horrific, like re- top 10, really bad games. But there have been so many games, like there have been so many games that I played over the years that are just forgettable. And I think that's the worst that I like. That's the worst fate for a game that you could possibly have. It's just like your your game is a blip on my radar, nothing more. The one so, and done, and sorry. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to hear if you guys have any games because I'm 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 genuinely curious because if there was a game that's like this. I, Generally, if a game's bad, you'll play it for an hour or two and be like, well, this is dumb. And then you just put it down. Right. So I'd love to hear the person who's like, oh, I spent 400 hours playing this game. I hated every minute of it. I don't have any games like like that. I have have a game that that I don't like. Yeah, I've got thousands of hours in. It's it's a particular game. Unfortunately, I had a bad experience with the game. Mm, That kind of ruined it for me. And now it's like, I, I won't even go near it or anything like that. And it sucks. Cause I mean, it, it's a great series. I've spent a shit ton of money on it, but ugh, it's, it's just, it's a bad situation. Why are we not using the, pro- are we afraid that they were going to call out? Like oh, the developer is going to come. Bungie can, like lick my asshole. Bungie. 
It's destiny. So destiny or Halo? It's destiny. Okay. It's destiny. All right. I just I just got back into it a couple months ago, and I had a very brief love affair with Destiny again. It was nice to. They're shooting. Their shooting mechanics are great, but yeah, I can oh, see I, why. Yeah. Short story. Um. Well, short story on that one. They basically wiped his account info. So and you put thousands. I I I when I got back into it this summer. And I went to do the whole transition, like, oh, we've got our one account and st- move, oh, move everything over to the Steam and button your Bungie one account thing. I lost all kinds of, and like, the only reason they kept anything was, I, I don't know why they kept some things and other things they didn't, but they they lost all my previous account data. And I was just like, oh, well, that's a lot of it. There was still like, I still had some weird achievements that clearly I could not have gotten any other way. In <laughs> it was like. Oh, defeat Crota at the, uh, you know, a, a complete vault of glass. And it's like, yep. well, clearly I did this. So where's the rest of my shit? And then there was never anything that they could fix. It was just well, like, a, those were like oh, I, I, I played Destiny from the alpha and, oh, you know, I, I, the Witch Queen came out. I was excited. I was playing the shit out of it. And for whatever reason, I logged into Steam and there was no account anymore. linked. <laughs> so I went through all the, you know, all the loops and everything else they have you do and and basically what i got was a, an email that said try to relink it in three months and we'll see if we can make it happen for you and i'm like nope three months yeah what the hell what kind of self-imposed like <laughs> oh, okay let me set my alarm right. what time is it now? three months what the dick so yeah wow, okay I, then quality it's a it's a bummer because I I love the game but I just after that it's just it was a bad taste and I had to walk. Sure, that's the yeah. I'm trying. No, no, I don't. I I haven't had anything. The closest I had was uh the, to something like that, which is a game glitch. I had Ori and the Blind Forest didn't work for me. I got two hours into that, and it saved right before a boss fight to where I had a looping death animation I'm like, oh that's that's fun oh. so i'm done with that I've had a few so, of us yeah but um so i i didn't go back to that and then um assassin creed odyssey is the viking one right no no valhalla um, valhalla yes thank you see i'm getting so far away from games anymore <laughs> it's getting rough out there it's like i, I so hate fucking many of them now though i get that's it but even the big ones i was watching the game awards and it was like i don't know what that game is i don't know what that game is i don't know what that game i know that game it's on my my pile of shame i'm never gonna get to that game uh seen it before yeah i've seen it uh yeah that was uh so valhalla i was i think 20 or 30 hours in to my little adventure with ivor and just had a quest bug that broke the you know the um progression on a main storyline quest i had the same and, one on assassin's creed origins oh really yeah <laughs> assassin's creed origins i had the same one of those issue. things where it's like i'm not going back but they keep adding to it and everyone's like it's fantastic i'm like god damn it you son of a bitch i just i don't have another 25 hours if i'm playing something i gotta play something new like I'm, I'm still working on God of War. I took Monday off like a jackass, and uh, I was like, I'm doing not. I sat there for 12 hours straight, ordered pizza, and played God of War, and it was everything I thought it was going to be. But it was like literally, it's like I don't do this anymore. I don't sit there and play. I get little chunks of games where I'm like, I'll play a mm-hmm. Warzone 
like I'll play a little bit of Warzone or I'll play this in like five minutes. Like I'm doing Path of Exile because I all the Diablo Four stuff is starting to get me hyped up again, and it's like I need something to get me through. I need that through. dungeon crawler. I I absolutely and it's doing everything I needed to do right now. Just click on things, listen to podcasts, and just murder things and level up. And I'm playing on hardcore, so there's a little bit of like, eh, don't fall asleep playing this game. Like you got to be paying attention. So <laughs> yeah, it's. But uh, yeah, that's so, uh, I'm trying. You talked about Assassin's Creed. So, <laughs> what do you think about the new Assassin's Creed that's coming out? If you've heard of it or heard information about it, I hate that I don't. Which one is it? Um, I forget the name that they're naming it, but it's gonna be based in fucking um, I believe it's Middle like, East again. Somewhere Middle Eastern. Was, I saw something about Japan. It's not. It, uh, it, that was everybody thought it was gonna be in Japan. Yeah, that's really the only one they haven't done. It's like um, is either Ukraine or Iraq. Somewhere in that genre of area. Yeah, I mean, I don't care one way. I mean, it's yeah. going to be an Assassin's Creed game. It's the capital. That's right. I'm pretty sure it's the capital of Ukraine. Okay. I mean, I'm sure. Why not? I mean, it's an interesting <laughs> location to put in. <laughs> it could, yeah, I mean, it's a strange timing for Ukraine. As I would <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ubisoft is a diverse <laughs> studio of developers and creeds and goes, Ukraine, really? Right now. <laughs> Huh. I feel it's like it was in development. I don't want to be in that meeting when that was brought up. And, and, you know, I, went, yeah, I'd like that idea. I feel like it was in development before the whole issues happened. <laughs> I would That'd like to not think. Not impossible, but it's a very strange, like, huh. You don't say. Very You're odd right, timing man. on this one. Thank you. Yeah. I, I would like to think it was before this I whole mean, shit happened. I mean, I'm sure they were working on it before Valhalla even dropped. So, yeah. Based on that logic and how game cycles work, then yeah, there were people probably working on this for years prior. There's probably somebody working on the one after that now. Yeah, and so they're the like, one that comes oh, out in 2035. This, and then yeah. as soon as the whole Russia thing happened, like, oh, this blew up in our face. Well, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, so which one of your programs is the hardest to set up? The programs? What do you mean? Like you're oh, oh, for charity. I'm like for charity. <laughs> I know the S. What are you talking about? Like I don't what? I got some plugins. I don't understand. Um, hardest to set up, boy. Uh, well, Overwatch. I mean, between Overwatch and um, what just happened there? Oh, my overlay socket camera went out. There you go. Okay, I was gonna say I'm like something just happened. Uh, um, hardest program was uh, Overwatch. Then quickly. No, I don't want to say Phalanx House. But Overwatch, Overwatch is our suicide prevention team online and uh, through our Discord channel. And that had the, when we first started that, now that, I mean, we have everything sm- smooth sailing at this point, but we had, when we first started doing this, there was very much like the, okay, get the lawyer out. Uh, this is one of these things that if we fuck this up, this could ruin the charity. This could ruin everything. Like if somebody, dies on our watch or we fuck something up and suddenly there's a lawsuit in play or something like that. It was, it was like this, this was scary. And uh final, just the making sure that we were legally covered anytime anybody shows up in that chat and there's no question and anybody, well, you see here, son, you click the link here and you click this and you said you were cool and you click this checkbox, which means go fuck yourself. This isn't our problem anymore. 
And uh, given how people are, you know, when you get folks that are, there's always somebody we, we don't turn, we don't turn away too many people, but every now and again, they're just people. It's like, Hey, uh, we can't help you. (laughs) And they don't like when that happens. And generally speaking, they get very upset. So, uh, but we're, that was definitely the hardest of the programs to set up because it was so such a, such a sea change for the organization. I mean, mental health, I was, I was just sending Xboxes overseas. It was just warm and fuzzies and I wasn't that cool. And now it's, oh, we're dealing with, you know, veteran suicide. And, oh, this is right. so much, so much different. You know, when we, when we were working with the Center for Disease Control and Johns Hopkins, they ended up doing a, a write-up on the organization and how effective games were for veterans. And it was very much like, how the hell did we get here? <laughs> this was not the plan. But as most of this has gone, this has been very much... Uh, not making it up as we're going along, but something there will be a random series of events where like Overwatch was just our community member that needed help. And we set up a discord chat and it's one of those things like, Hey, if you need to talk to somebody, we've got someone here and we'll be here to talk to you. And it blew up from there. I was like, Oh, I guess we have a new program. Uh, I don't know how many of these programs we're going to keep stapling on because the more stuff that an organization does, it means they can't more work. Not just more work, but lack of focus. You start doing it's like the 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 conversation about multitasking, right? Where it's like, oh, I'm I'm multitasking right now. I'm listening to you while I'm typing. It's like, okay, well, that means you're doing two things poorly. And I used to be a big multitasker, quote unquote, until I realized, like, oh yeah, I'm not I'm not focusing on either one of these things. And unless it's total grunt work, it's a great way to really screw yourself up. So the more focal points that you put on an organization, the harder things get because then you have to bring in different people and with different capabilities and different, uh, you know, backgrounds and educations. And you gotta get like, if we suddenly started to do, if we wanted to bring in caseworkers to start helping veterans with like their benefits and things like that, it's like, okay, that's not what we're, that's not what we're doing. We have to bring on a whole new team to do that. So it's just, it's, that was the most, that was the scariest of our programs to get up and running. Now that it's up and running, it's been going for years. We're le- we're bulletproof as far as legal coverage and we don't have to worry about trolls and jackasses or anybody trying to derail the program. So things are going okay. Now, I know you mentioned this um, before on our, the last like MVK episode, but could you explain what's the mean behind the flashbang? Oh, okay. Well now, ironically, last time we talked, things have changed. Um, so my original charity was called Operation Supply Drop. And I had a business partner who I brought in third year. Things started taking off and I was getting overwhelmed. I'm not a business guy. I didn't know what the hell I was doing every day. It was just like, I don't know. It was... So a business guy came along and said, hey, I could help you with your business angle and you just keep doing the charity stuff. And I was like, that sounds all right. Yeah, let's do this. And I brought him in and... um quickly was well over the course of 18 months was slowly weaned out of the organization that i started uh this business guy it's kind of like taking your car to the 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 shop to have an oil change done and then you get you come back and they're like oh we sold your car like that's oh, not, oh that's i didn't bring what you did what right excuse so, me uh, yeah i was like that's <laughs> not okay cool thank you um can i get the money for oh you're gonna keep the money too okay cool 
Uh, so I owe you money as well too. Okay. Okay. Got it. So fortunately, uh, the guy who my business partner, um, telegraphed, like he made it real obvious. Like he started, he hired somebody else to interact with me because he was too busy. Like he's, so there was a new CCO or COO, like a chief operating officer. And he's like, okay, here's who you're going to report to. And you're just going to work. You're just going to worry about the charity stuff. It's all good. You're going to do this. And it was just like one thing after another, like I could start to see like, you're kind of taking this over right now and I can't stop it. And by the time I got lawyers involved, it was like, oh, he really got you good. Like it's just, he, he just, he owned my company basically. <laughs> he, did, he did. And so, <laughs> but because he was so bad, like he was telegraphing it, it was clear that I was losing control of the organization I started. I was like, okay, there was a, uh, an opportunity I had a conversation with one of our major donors at the time, and it was about something totally unrelated. But I decided at that point to like, I was like, hey, you have you have supported us for years with, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. Um, here's what's going on. And I let him in on the big fucking reveal. And I was like, hey, we're, you know, we're a tribe divided right now. Uh, I feel like I'm getting put into a corner. You have been donating to this organization. I wanted you to know what's going on. I think if you give me your blessing, I will start another organization and I will do it right this time. And there will be no outside business partners or anything. We will, I will, I am the heart and soul of this organization. And I think you know that. And I think you believe in what I'm trying to do here. And he absolutely was like, let's go get him. I'm like, all right, cool. And that's so, that was October. Uh, it was a little earlier than that. I'd say August, September, September of 2015. When I was, I was like, I, I came back from PAX West. Like they were, oh, we're changing the name of the organization. No one had said anything. It was like, oh, we're changing it to this because we need to get away from all this video gaming stuff. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> so, I uh, so stack up and the flashbang uh, was. <laughs> it, this is a long story, but it's getting there. I promise. Um, <laughs> Stack up originally the charity's uh the real the real charity's name uh is Still We Fight was the original organization's name. And I still hold all the websites and domain and all that stuff. Stillwefight.org is the doing business as because I wanted to keep it quiet. I didn't want anything popping up and then somebody like going, Oh, this is the organization he started. It was like a false flag. But I so um Stack up became a when I tell people the the behind the name stack up, it's like, oh, if you ever watched like Law and Order and you watch a a team of SWAT police like line up on a door and then kick the door in, like, yeah, that's uh that's all stacking up. That's yeah. a stack. And he's like, all right, stack up on this door. And the flat like throw a flashbang in. The real meaning behind it was this guy has no idea that I am doing this behind the scenes. And he told one of the, uh, one of the advisors who was against all of this and wanted me to stay on and was like, Hey, he's the, but he was like, he has no idea you're trying to do anything right now. He doesn't think it's possible for you to start another charity as quickly as you're talking about. Like, so I was like, Oh, we're going to surprise the fuck out of him. So, so it was very much like we're stacking up, throw a flashbang and surprise bitch. Yep. And we absolutely did. Like we startled the fuck out of him. He did not see us coming. Literally 10 days after I was fired, stackup.org website was up. It was Veterans Day weekend. 
and we were up and running. And uh, he was not amused. Not you amused. came in like a flashbang, basically. Absolutely did. We absolutely did. So that's the that's the that's the story. You need the whole fucking context in order for it to be like, because it's like, oh, what's this? It's another for it's a formation for military guys. Oh, okay, cool. When in the back of my head is like, no, here's really what's going on. No, it was it's a, big a, it's a bunch you. of my friends <laughs> lining up on this shit heels front door and kicking his door in. I'm like, hey, bitch, uh, we're back. So outstanding. Yeah, it was definitely a good news story. And now the that. reason why the reason why I can tell that story is my shit heel business partner finally decided to throw in the towel uh, right before Thanksgiving this year. Like he finally made an announcement on the Operation Supply Drop website and on all the social media, like, hey, as of uh, Christmas or as of New Year, we're shutting everything down. We, you know, oh, COVID was so hard. It was terrible on us. And it's like, whatever. They, they were a shell of an organization anyway. They weren't doing anything. It was just, that dude was just skull fucking my branding into the ground over there. Just, you know, uh, it was, so yeah, seven years in the making that fine. Finally, finally, it's over. And uh, I can talk about it now. <laughs> I don't have to worry about him doing it. He got a job in the industry. He got a job playing with veterans that's paying him probably a lot better. So right. I'm sure that's, uh, you just couldn't. Well, no yeah, going so back. No going back now. That was said on a live stream. <laughs> well, no, not only that. Yeah. No, not only that. Like he deleted most, like everything. Oh. Off Twitter. Like the website's still up, but it's like the, the word's out. So if he like. Yeah. It's, it's not like sh- he were doing anything anyway. It was literally just a no. shell. It was just a name that he could probably write off on his taxes. Mm. Whatever. Who cares? I don't, I mm. don't, it was getting to the, the funny part was when it all went down, like the fire and flame inside my body, like I will show this motherfucker how we do business downtown. I will show him what he has unleashed upon this world. Like I am never more, I'm never better than when somebody tells me I can't do something. Right. And so him trying to take this from me was very much, oh yeah, watch this. And uh every waking hour of every minute that first year was I am fighting this guy tooth and nail. I'm gonna make him remember my name. Like I am not going to let him forget me. And by year seven, it was like, Oh right, that I totally forgot they were even a thing still. Really? Are they still doing stuff? Like I was full on stalk ex girlfriend stalking his ass, like embarrassing amounts of like and there was all like he just laying in bed at night like fantasizing about murdering his whole family and just like oh i'm gonna fucking get this guy so good and then seven years later you're like what was where oh right that guy it's like i never thought i would get to i never thought i would what's that it's just it turns into that thing where what the fuck was his name again Oh, it's all online. Like Polygon did a Polygon did a write up on it, and there was a, there were some videos oh. that got out about it. And one of my old volunteers did a full video, like this guy's a piece of shit, and it's he shouldn't have taken the charity. And I've worked with this other guy. A, and the one of the more annoying things about my ex business partner was he liked veterans a lot, but he was not a veteran, and so but he liked dressing up like an off, you know, an ex Navy SEAL. Like he had the oh, whole. Fuck. 511 wear going on with the beard and the oaky glass oakley glasses and he liked that look and when people would like oh are you a veteran like he would not he he wouldn't say that he was a veteran but if he got lumped into a group of veterans or thank you for your service kind of things he wouldn't be like well i was just a civilian he would just be like "Mm -hmm." yeah and so it was just one of those one more annoying like hmm cool somebody even said like towards the end he was just 
t- telling people he was a veteran. And it's like, oh, really? That's that's yeah, something man. like that's, that's, that's a bigger offense. You don't want to get into dipshit. Right, right. And that was like, really? That's called stolen valor, and that's an actual law. That's a law, yeah. Totally. And I was, that's why I was like, no, I don't think he's that stupid. Like, but it was like, like, but yeah, he really wanted to be in that club, and he just didn't make the cut. I guess I don't know what his deal was, but mm. so yeah, good times. So that's where the real name of Stackup came from. Still, we fight. Still, uh, still out there. It's still uh, on all of my a lot of my paperwork is doing business as still we fight. <laughs> so yeah. What is the meaning behind the T-Rex? Ha. Yeah, that was uh that the T-Rex again. No plans. This is the <laughs> best the best organizational stuff like that, like mascots and you know, call signs and you know, mottos and things like are never the one you sit down and try to write. If you'd have told me an inflatable T-Rex outfit <laughs> would suddenly represent our organization, so one of our one of our volunteers from back in like god 2017 28 before covid was doing volunteer work in their community and every time they would do anything they would take pictures of them in one of those inflatable rex outfits every time like every two to three weeks they would be like hey i'm here over at the va and they would be in a a rex outfit or they'd be like hey we're repainting this other like this community center or whatever they were doing. And they would take pictures of them in this Rex outfit or in a T-Rex inflatable outfit. It was just like, it just kind of got around the the staff was like, are you looking, what are these guys doing? Why are they doing that? It was like, Oh, if we saw that would be funny. And so of course, some of the girls on staff were like, what if like, Oh, how cute would it be? And it just took off from there. And that's all it was like, there were no, like we need a mascot. And now we have a, a plushie of Rex that is a huge hit with all of our streamers and anybody that does anything for us. And I didn't realize how important it is to have a mascot. Like I didn't think we need as a charity, like what you don't need a mascot. <laughs> and now you look around and it's like charities kind of have like discord has a little fluffy, the wampus, like yeah. little things mm-hmm. like that where it's like, Oh, we've got a mascot. It's like, why? Like we never planned on it. It just happened. And I think that's the best it's like a nickname somebody gives you like like you can't give yourself a nickname it's like i'm the bro or something like that it's like or whatever it's like no Mm -hmm. you can't no you're stinky and you're always going to be stinky and that's your nickname it's like those are the ones that stick and this because it was organic and not forced yeah that's why i worked it was totally just like oh we got a now we got a t-rex i guess okay cool that's like call signs in the military you don't pick your own right right i was regular given to you yeah, I was regular too. <laughs> it's like, oh, cool. That's now a- you just need to make a, now you need to make a custom life size version of them oh, for yes, a limited sure. time. <laughs> I'm sure we got people with the uh, with tattoos of Rex now. We've got like <laughs> you name it. There's something like we got jigsaw puzzles. We got a Lego. Somebody did a Lego of Rex, like a Lego build of Rex. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. Thank you. Uh, but but I'm sorry. Happened. It would have it would have made my it would have made my day if I went to the VA and just saw somebody in an inflatable T-Rex costume. It, <laughs> that, it, I think it really would have. I think that's part of it. I think she had kids, and I think it was one of those things like, oh, mommy's being silly again. Right. All right. So my luck, it would be my surgeon walking in. I'd be like, no, 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 <laughs> forget it. Hold on. I can take the glove. I can still see. I can still yeah. see. <laughs> 
It's got this plastic I didn't have window. a mask I mean, at the it, time. This is all I had. It fogs up, but you know, I can still see. I can take the yeah. gloves off. We'll be fine. <laughs> um, so how did the um, Vetrofit crate start and what are the requirements for it? Cool. Vetrofit. Um, we started w- working with a uh, PC manufacturer and we had suddenly had a glut of gaming PCs, which if you can imagine that world. And so it was one of these like, hey, let's reach out. And the idea of getting gaming rigs into the hands of veterans the problem with that is when the market tanked and gaming uh, you know uh you couldn't just buy peripherals off the shelves at best buy anymore without spending two thousand dollars it got to, it's it's become a harder and harder program to uh fund because you know for the cost of a single retrofit you know you can get three two to three uh you know gaming console crates out so it's it's one of those where it's like, boy, this is a lot of money uh, on its own. And of course, our, we've got over 100 requests right now, priority one requests of people that are just, and priority one, I mean, they have a really good story and we need to take care of them. That's not even the request that we immediately just throw out like, all right, you're being dumb. This is a dumb request. Like, not everybody says that they need help, but we have to sniff out the, well, this is ridiculous. Or the, oh, wow, this person really has a story behind them, and uh, it's one we want to support. And something with Metrofit, because it's so expensive, it's we've got to definitely yeah. uh, make sure. I think we're probably going to have to shut it down for a little bit, because we're just overrun with people asking for gaming PCs. Surprise. Uh, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm assuming that was a pain to do, especially during 2020 with the whole graphics card shortage and shit. No, that's when we actually were doing our best work was back then. It was, it was now we're getting into where it's like 2021, 2022 timeframe. It's, it's, it definitely stung a lot more and I don't know how we're going to keep up in 23. So. I know, I know a couple of, uh, of other organizations that do the, the, the gaming rigs and stuff like that. Um, they, they actually shut down because there was no, there was no support there anymore, especially from sponsors and this and the other, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't supply the, you know, the graphics cards or the CPUs or anything like that. And it just, you know, people got backed up so far that it, it, I mean, it couldn't even sustain itself anymore. We're definitely seeing like the results from COVID now with the market and the economy and just trying, you know, just trying to get basic gear out there to hell. Hold on. Mm. Sorry. No. Y'all good? Uh yeah, sorry. Somebody just sent me something. I was like, uh uh oh. Yeah, again. Yeah. Red light red light. Hold on, I gotta go, boys. No, it's not <laughs> so going off. my phone over. Before so before you moved out to Los Angeles, what were the challenges of only doing with um doing charity work on the weekends and on top of having a full time job as a counterterrorism analyst? Yeah, that was a problem. So it's funny. I'm start, I'm telling. I'm finally giving up, and I'm telling. So I spent three years working at the CIA. I uh, never told. I stopped telling people that, or I didn't tell people that. I would just tell. I would just extend my time at FBI. They're like, oh, I was at FBI for this many years, and my last three years in service was at CIA as a as a desk analyst. And be, but it wasn't my focus. Uh, it seems like a weird thing to be at Langley headquarters and be like, I don't want to be here, but. I was surrounded by super geniuses and I was a game blogger 
And that was my feeling. I was more concerned about what games were coming out on Tuesday and could I get off Wednesday to play that game so I can get a review in by Friday. And meanwhile, I was busy like trying to track insurgents crossing the Pakistan border. And it was like, what? You know, my my cubicle mate could speak six languages and two cubicles down from me was the Farsi translator for the Bin Laden raid. And here I am in the middle of all this. And I'm like, I don't, I can't keep up with this. Like, I can't do both. And my time as an analyst there was quickly coming to an end because it was just like, I can't keep up with these folks. I'm not happy. And the charity started, this is 2012. So I had started doing charity on the weekends back in 2009, 2010, when we first started and things were starting to take off. And it finally just got to the point where they're like, yeah, you should probably like, they took me off the Pakistan account and they were like, we'd like to send you to do Al-Shabaab, which is Africa as an Africa terrorist organization. I'm like, I don't know Dick about like Africa, Al-Shabaab. I don't want to know anything. I was already, my head was one foot out the door already. And it was just like, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and at the time, 2012, uh, you could do that. You could just go, I'm going to, I was a contractor. So I was working with Northrop Grumman, I think at the time. And it was just like, oh, I'll just take three weeks off. I'll go down the street and get a $20,000 pay raise doing this somewhere else. Like, I don't care. Uh, and you could do that as a government contract. You just bounce around. Well, the uh, turns and I was thinking like, oh, CIA analyst, I will, I will have my pick of next assignment. This will be easy. Barack Obama, <laughs> freaking, I don't know what happened. I don't know why it happened. Uh, but there was, it's called the sequestering at the time in DC. And they made it so anybody that's worked on a job site or anybody that's done any contracting work, contractors are always easier to hire than actual employees. And for government employees, Government, it's like if you've ever tried to work at a government facility, it's like a two-year process. Whereas in a contractor, they'll have you over somewhere in three weeks. It's a very yeah. quick turnaround. You have to pay them exorbitantly well, which is why I had the money to start a charity. Um, yeah, everything was bootstrapped out of pocket. So I was doing, making really good money and doing really well for myself. And then I was just like, well, I'm just going to go leave and I'll get another job somewhere. Sequestering happened. And they were like, it's like 10 contractors for every one real employee and they're like this is getting out of control we can't do this anymore we need to bring the numbers down and they put in a hiring freeze as i was on my break and i say break i would i left the cia and i was like i'll just go get a job somewhere else i was with northrop grumman find me another contract no problem they're like there are no more contracts we're on freeze right now and so i was like all right no problem i got this i'm gonna do what i always wanted to do and treat this charity like it's a full-time job and, uh, you know, I'll be working in no time. Too easy. Be simple. The freeze never ended. Yeah. <laughs> it, I was sitting in the parking lot at a movie theater with my wife at the time. And I was in tears and I'm like, I, I fucked up. Like, I really fucked this up. Like, I can't believe I walked out from a six figure job and I'm running a charity and I'm not getting paid. And I'm like, oh, my God, what have I done? And I can't get work. And I thought for sure, like, I was just like, because that's what I, I had done. I had spent six years in D.C. just bouncing around as a contractor, just having a, a gay old time, as they used to say. And, uh, yeah, it was, boy, it was a real uh, tough re- realization. Like, nope, you jumped out of the plane. Uh, it's time to put your parachute on while you're falling. So it just so happened that I was able to make uh, the charity work out where I was able to get a paycheck and 
stay alive, so to speak. And yeah, now here we are 10 years down the road and it's like, wow, I cannot believe I pulled this off. Like literally it's a miracle. <laughs> so, but fortunately we had something unique and nobody else is, nobody else is doing it. Nobody else has tried to do it. Oh, there've been a bunch of pretenders to the throne, but as I said, it's a lot of fucking hard work and it's only getting harder out there. So what are the different companies and orgs that are um, partnered with stack up and in what ways have they made stack up grow? <laughs> Rex, I, you might as well have <laughs> it sounds like you have a, a sheet of white lined paper and you're holding it in front of you what do you think that you have <laughs> you could... I, I made these questions a while ago and I, I can never forget to remember them so rememberize them wow we are, are you okay over there <laughs> Um, those that are, that are of age, uh, he never actually participated in Hooked on Phonics. He gets, uh, uh, that's just, sorry. All right. <laughs> I was so taken aback by your delivery. Can you hit me one more time with a line? Yes. Okay. So, um, what are the different companies and organizations that are partnered with StackUp? Okay. Um, partnered is a strong word. We're, well, I guess not partnered, but yeah, I was going to say, we've kind of been out there. Um, uh, associate. The, yeah. One of the big groups that we're working with right now is a group called regiment. Yeah. We've uh, had a they, few of their members on the podcast. Yeah. They have been fantastic because they are the, I like calling them our little troll army, like from Warhammer because they just did or goblin army. I, I don't even know what, but just, they, there are so many of them, no matter where we go or what we do, it's like, uh, put out the call. Does, does regiment have guys in the area? And of course they, they always seem to, they always seem to have guys around. And so <clears throat> they, we have been, we have been their charity of choice for some time now. And I ended up, um, hiring the guy who's in charge of regiment to run our esports program because <clears throat> I knew regiment being what they are, just this. 30,000 man organization over in discord, you know, all veterans. I knew that if I didn't bring him on, somebody else was going to, and they were going to be a real problem because they just have, so, they just have, so, I don't know how he did it. I don't know what they did, but to this day. So Chris works with stack up and like I officially hired him on because I, there was an organization that was talking about bringing him on. That would have been a problem for us. It was like, fortunately, they're slow and they don't get the whole gaming angle, but they knew they needed to get into gaming somehow. And I'm like, and I warned them over there. I'm like, if you don't hire this guy, I will. And six months later, I was like, told you I was going to do this. And I pulled the trigger on. I'm like, sorry, you, uh, you snooze, you lose. And this is a thousand percent that, that situation where it's like, yeah. So you made the right choice. First off, Chris is an amazing guy. He's, he is incredible in fucking. Yeah, absolutely. 23 years old. Yeah, that's the thing that kills me. I was like, this dude has his head screwed on so tight. Like, I wish I had my shit together at twenty three, like he does. Like, I, I still twenty three year olds that I used to serve with that had their shit together like he does. I yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's just like, god damn it. So, and the fact that he was able to pull this together, like he's got a. And I've seen I've seen him at events. He he feels like very much like that same entrepreneurial spirit that I have, where he's like. I, I know I will never have his full undying devotion to the charity. He is a hired mercenary for me because I know his first love will and it will always be regiment. Mm -hmm. 
And I do not fault him for that because I would do the exact same thing. It's like, you have to realize like you are, you are the side piece to me. Like you are, you will never, you know, it's like somebody in a relationship with him or myself. It's like the charity comes first. If you are willing to accept your, your, your role here as second place, then we can work something out. But otherwise it's like, this is running your own thing. And this isn't another reminder for those of you trying to like, I want to start my own thing. <laughs> it's an important piece. It's like, you have to treat it like this is all or nothing because otherwise you're just going to flounder around and eventually quit. So. And on top of that, you'll get exposed. I mean, if, if you're not putting all of your, your, your heart and soul into it, it sooner or later, I mean, it'll come yeah, out. but I mean, it'll just, it'll just, you won't get the, you won't get the conversations that get the good donations. You won't get the, you won't be at the places where you need to be where like, Oh, you're like, I should have been just sitting on my ass today. And meanwhile, I was down at the, uh, homeless facility down at West LA VA with for a Christmas thing today. It's like, I did not have to do that, but I knew it's like, Hey, there was, and I absolutely met some good people down there. And I was like, okay, I'm glad I came today, but there are people who won't like, but it's Saturday. It's like, I'm sorry, you get days off. What the fuck are you talking about? Right. Right. (laughs) So that's, that goes back to the, make sure you're in it for the right reasons, because you're going to have to, you don't have to put that time in. You absolutely don't. I could take, I could do be a nine to five guy and literally set a clock and take off and shit like that. But I also know that that's not reality for somebody trying to start their own thing. It's just not you as an entrepreneur. And I, it's weird to say that that's what I am, but that is what this is. Is like, you have to just a hundred percent that shit. So mm-hmm. that's really the, if you want to talk partner, that's really the partner that makes the most sense. Cause we've got a bunch of smaller orgs that we uh, like uh, Jasper's game day and folks that, uh, you know, guardians, mental health, uh, a couple other orgs out there that we do work with. But uh, that's, that's the partner that I can think of off the top of my head. That's really like, okay, they're, they're making a difference every time, anytime we do anything, they are literally the megaphone for us like we put out a tweet and 40 of their guys will tweet it and it's like okay all right that's that's something so yeah, you have um, an event and there's 40 guys with regiment yeah written all over them show mm-hmm. up out of just and it's out of like blue. like we're here for you it's like okay roger that it's like you yeah. may not be wearing stack-up shirts but you're here for us and that's the important part it's like you get it so i'm not arguing and i'm not getting bent out of shape about it so <laughs> what's one of the uh what what, what, what would you consider one of the, the most rewarding aspects of, of, of running a charity like this for veterans? I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen the, the, the videos, the pictures, both from regiment side and from stock up side from, from various events you've gone to. And, you know, I, I see the, the, the good time, you know, that, that a lot of the people that are there uh, are having and, you know, trying to get the word out or whatnot, but you as the, you know, the creator of it and everything else like that, uh, how does it make you feel to see, you know, so many people wanting to, to, to be a part of it and, and to help and, 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 you know, what's that do for you? Uh, it's weird. I never thought again, not to say we'd never thought we'd get there, but we're at the point now where it's like when we put out a call for employees or like, Hey, we're hiring, it turns into my DMS get very busy very quickly. Like, Oh, Hey, I can find something. I'm not even involved in that process anymore, guys. Like I can't help you. I, I'm not going to look at your resume. I don't want anything to do with it. We've got a team that does that now because it was getting to the point where people would just like, Oh, well, I know Steve. It's like, that's not good enough anymore. It used to be good enough. When we first started, it was like, 
literally whoever was around, whoever was just like making the most noise and around, those were the guys that got the jobs. And now it's literally, we have the luxury of going, oh, do you have a background in this that we need? Like, do you have a background in sales? Do you have a background in veteran service organizations? Do you have, you know, art, you know, whatever, whatever we're looking for. It's not just like, I don't know you. Now it's okay. We actually, now we actually hire people for the jobs that we're trying to get them as opposed to just like, well, I guess you, you'll let us pay you like shit and work 90 hours a week. So welcome to the team. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how many employees does stack up have uh we have 12 full-time employees and with the part-timers we're up to 25 which is bananas i just saw that on the uh we're getting ready for our knives out budget meeting here tomorrow morning which is going to be a fucking hoot but um when i looked at the uh, number of employees like for payroll it was just like I'm sorry, what? Because in my head, I just think, oh, we have the 12 employees. We have 12 employees. We have 12 employees. It's like, no, actually, <laughs> we have a lot of holiday help, as it were, you know, for both uh, both call to arm events for the year for November and May, which is Military Appreciation mm-hmm. Month in, in May with Memorial Day and then obviously Veterans Day in November. Right. So we plus up and, and subtract from part timers when we when we need them to save on bucks, pretty much. Hmm. And then you guys have a, a bunch of different volunteer programs as well, right? Uh, we do. Uh, you can volunteer with our Overwatch program. That's if you want to talk to folks who are having a bad day and need someone to talk to. Uh, that's a volunteer position. You get about you get about thirty hours worth of training to become one of our volunteers, and then and then just our Stacks program, which is just like, hey, I just want to help out locally. I want to try to do something for stack up here locally. And it's like, all right. So guys will set up Dungeons and Dragons nights and talk about stack up with other veterans and go to the VA and talk to veterans who are there. And so those are the two main programs. Of course, there's the Los Angeles one out here, uh, which is a whole different ball of wax. We're just looking for LA vets to help out out here at the house. But yeah. Mm. What are your, so, what, what are your goals for next year? Where, where do you see yourself uh, going? Hopefully. Next year, it's getting Los Angeles County to pony up for this house. Uh, they have been, we have, so we showed up like a drug dealer, like, hey, first, first taste is free. And uh, we have been working with the county uh, for veteran services. And because what, so what's, what has been happening is when we bring these guys in to Phalanx House, they come over, they have a great time. And then on their way out the door, we hit them with a form that was supposed to just be a, Hey, what could we do better? And then it turned into, did you know you're eligible for all these things as a veteran? And it's like a list of 80 things long, including like service animals and dental care and education and house housing loans and legal benefits and all kinds of just dozens and dozens of things I didn't even know. I like there's no way if if I had to quiz any military member on, hey, all right, there are 80 things you're eligible for, name them. <laughs> it's like not happening good luck uh dollar benefits and then uh education they're trying to get me a gi bill right and then that's probably oh, medical benefit that's probably about as far as you can get and then it's like no there's you know uh, what do you think about cooking classes because they can get you cooking like music lessons like all kinds of wackadoo like things that you're eligible for so once we started opening the house up to veterans just showing up during our weekend events we started getting our referral numbers up to the county and the suddenly once a month we would all get together at the county level and go over like hey here's what happened for the month and they have a leaderboard 
which <laughs> uh, we started ending up on the leaderboards for referrals for the county. And it suddenly turned into, oh, shit. Like, I thought we were just putting in some numbers and like, oh, this is nice. But when it turned out like we're beating entire districts uh, for veteran services, it's like, okay, I think we might have. <laughs> All right. in, like, it's like this is a two million dollar contract that you've you've sent to somebody and we're beating them like three or four of these districts with referrals. I don't know what that says about your team because we're just three dudes over here eating pizza and playing Dungeons and Dragons. So I don't know how you want to do this. So they have been, we've been uh, kind of having a great time running circles around the County out here. They see us kind of as a threat now uh, because obviously it's like, we're doing better than the $2 million project with 10 employees. Uh, So the conversation now is to find out to get, phalanx house stabilized where we're getting money from the county in some capacity or another so it's running itself and we're not having to dip into other programs because it is not cheap to run this house this is community center it's turned every every time we do an event every time we pick up a team of veterans from section 8 housing or the the tiny home community that we're working with like it's it's expensive and so you know it's we just want them to recognize like hey we're beating it your own game you should at least cover some of the costs over. And we, I'm happy. It's not, I, I have threatened jokingly that we'll just turn this place into an Airbnb and I won't look back, but we've been doing such good work for veterans. I don't want to stop doing it because it's too good to turn off now. It's like, we've got veterans that are actually getting help that they would not have gotten help from, from because of they've come to the house. And it's like, well, fuck. All right. Well now we're kind of committed to this. I don't want to stop doing it. And uh, yeah, so it's a matter of finding where that line is with the county and with what we're doing so we can continue what we're doing and continue, you know, bringing a couple more employees here at the house. And we're not, it's just not the three of us that are killing ourselves over here. So, but yeah, that's the, that's the big goals for 2023 is here. Stabilize the house a little bit. And uh, once we get that figured out, we'll be able to uh, take a breather here. What's all in the house? Um, so it is a, think of it like an adult tree for it is a $2 million house that was gifted to us, um, as a donation. It is a six bedroom, six band, six bedroom, six bath mansion here in Los Angeles. Someone uh, donated we, that? Yeah. It's a donation. That's we a pay, hefty donation. It, it's a very hefty in-kind donation. Yeah. So it is, um, so we have a pool and a jacuzzi. We have an annex in back where we have all of our board games and uh, Dungeons and Dragons games. We have a uh, we have a five v five land setup. We have a stereo surround theater system in the house. Uh, beds for eight in the house. Uh, a podcasting and streaming studio. Uh, it's pretty much a, a, a gorgeous kitchen. Uh, just think of it like an. I keep saying adultery for it, but that's really what it is. So. And that's, and just, you take guys off the streets or off these, uh, out of these barracks that they're in down in, uh, uh, wherever we pick them up from. And then you bring them here and it's like, Hey, we're having a great day up here. We're going to have fun, get you some food, get some we- real weed in you. <laughs> the VA doesn't like hearing that, but it's one of those, like they, we, we get product donated to us at the house and it's like, well, let's hook these guys up that are showing up. And it's, they're, they're, I am, I'm a big fan of medical marijuana insofar as what I've seen military veterans getting prescribed by the VA, the opiates, and then 
the benefits that they're getting from some of these, uh, you know, whether it's marijuana or weed or CBD or any number of like, I don't know. It's not my world. I don't know that stuff, but <clears throat> I, I believe in it and I believe in the benefits that it can, you know, getting guys off hard pharmaceuticals for something a little better. So, yeah. So, so I wonder, oh. <laughs> I'll let you go I'm first. <laughs> I'm going to take a chance and actually talk about the platforms that StackUp is on. And it's kind of a two part of how many platforms do you have StackUp on and which one was the hardest to actually see growth out of? Platforms. Okay, go ahead. Uh, such as social platforms in general. Are you but, talking like social media? Yeah, yes. social media. Oh, uh, I mean. I'm not, we have a social person, so I'm not sure what the numbers are on that. I'm sure we, they are doing TikTok stuff, which I look at every now and again. I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah, it's obviously Twitter's in a bit of a peril right now. So that's, I, I, it hasn't really been much of an issue. It's more just keeping it maintained and busy and doing things. And that's the hard part. It's, it's engagement. It's not just firing stuff out there. It's like, Okay, you got this many likes and this many retweets, but so what? It's like, what are you doing with that? So, but yeah, I don't have a lot of a lot of numbers for that one. So on Twitter, um, this is about one of your Twitter posts. You, you mentioned on Twitter that you specifically switched orders for a guy that so you could get into the fight. Can you elaborate on that Twitter post? Oh wow! Well, you did some digging there. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> some fucking homework there, guy. Uh, so yeah. Um, okay, so when I was at Fort Bragg, there was again pre nine eleven, uh, so nothing was happening, and I had spent three years in the service, and nothing had happened. I was an infantry lieutenant. I was looking to go do something, and. Uh, there was no wars. There was no nothing going on. So I volunteered to take a deployment to Kosovo for the peacekeeping operation up there. I spoke Russian at the time. And uh, that's what I went to school for originally was Russian. So I said, all right, well, there was an opportunity to go be the liaison to the Russian military in Kosovo. <clears throat> so I picked that up. And I was at Fort Polk, Virginia, or Fort Polk, uh, Louisiana. And uh, I was literally at Fort Polk at the training center there on 9-11. And so, because of course, the universe has a way of having a good sense of humor. Um, my unit was activated and sent to Afghanistan immediately. I was like, God damn it. So I'm like sitting there missing the fight, so to speak. Like I'm missing it. And I am over in Kosovo with these drunk Russians who do not give a fuck about anything going on because they were over there from, uh, they were using Kosovo as like a MWR stop from Chechnya at the time. So they were literally just getting drunk six days out of the week and not caring about anything. And um, so it was an interesting tour, but I got back and uh, it was one of those things like, okay, well, I missed out on all that fun. And I went to the captain's course. And while I was there, getting, uh, I switched over to military intelligence. And while I was there, I don't know how it came up, but I was supposed to run some training uh, company in Maryland. And I was like, eh, all right, that sounds pretty weak. I don't want to do that. And then one of my classmates was like, well, I'm going to Iraq and I don't want to do that. And I go, huh. 
So I kind of, I missed out on war the first time. So I was like, oh, and we're, you know, OIF two was kicking off and was like, all right, I think we might be on to something. So I, I reached out to, I worked with this guy and I reached out and we switched orders. And, uh, so he got that training. I never even thought to ask how that went, but he went to that training company, which is pretty much a dead end. It's like one of these, like, oh, okay, you go over here and just go cool your heels. Uh, I can't even imagine running Twilight a training tour company. at that point. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> well, you're kind of, and I didn't care one way or the other, but this sounded a lot more like, all right, no, I'm going to go do this. And, uh, you know, I want to go get me some more boys. And so I went over there within three weeks. I was like, oh, this was a fucking mistake. Like a thousand percent. And I wrote it on my uh, uh, helmet band around the outside. I have done this to myself. So whenever I was bitching and complaining, I would pull the goggles up like off the top of my headband and pull the helmet down. And I just kind of, oh, that's right. I did this. This was my fault. I could be in Maryland right now. Right. <laughs> So I yeah, was that the jackass was a, did it. I, I yep, did the same did thing too. I, I, I get it. <laughs> so yeah. Now, I don't know how long y'all run here, but it's been like going on two hours. Well, an hour and a half. Has it been? It up. I was like, yes. yeah, it's almost about the time. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was just, just like, getting ready to say, oh, we're just going to keep message. going tonight. All right. <laughs> so it's around that time that we are wrapping up. Yeah. I just want to get the, all right. So the final question that we ask every guest Oh Jesus! What is your favorite and least favorite MRE? What is your favorite and least favorite MRE? So the thing is with that is I've been in situations where MREs are lifesavers. Like it's like, oh, these are fantastic. I don't give a shit what it is. And I'm a big boy anyway, so I'll eat generally anything. You throw some crackers and jalapeno, uh, crackers, cheese spread, and uh, hot sauce in anything, and you're good to go. You don't even think about it. You're just like ah. Now, favorites, I still remember my old Chili Mac because that was literally the Chili Mac, crackers, jalapeno cheddar, spread, and uh, Tabasco sauce. And that was my fucking jam. And there were a couple, generally speaking, you could do that with anything and make it taste better. Right. Um, so, yeah, that was my... Now, nowadays, Lord fucking knows what... I've, I've heard stories interesting ones now of some of the weird like they have a pizza one now or some shit so like, they have taco i mean you fucking name it yeah they, they've got pancake it ones now as well i hear like they have a lot of i also am pretty sure they don't taste like tacos and or pizzas or and or pancakes i'm sure it'll be like anything <laughs> yeah like well this it's like the it's like those pound cakes that they used to give you like um th- nah, i'm sure okay if I close There's my eyes and think real hard about pancake or a pound cake. This package says, you know, poppy seed muffin. Lemon there muffin. it is. That's not fucking it. <laughs> it's sawdust. <laughs> but boy, I'll tell you what, when you are hungry, that shit goes a long way. <laughs> it's it like, does. this is all I have to eat. Well, God damn it. Because Ranger School taught me about that. Where it's just like, okay, well, this is fucking just gonna lick the inside of this mre packet and fucking i'm gonna yeah, hope I'm gonna it doesn't roll slice this up and i'm gonna pack it away <laughs> <laughs> fucking god yep. damn it but uh, uh, yeah. all right well i appreciate you coming on steve of course glad to be back and uh yeah let me know when this is going live we'll post it up i will do um well does anyone else have any questions because they got a few announcements to say at the end I'm I'm good. I this has been a long time coming, and it's been an absolute blast. And uh, like uh, Rex said, appreciate. I'm very happy to see you here. Hmm. And do you have any questions for us at all? No, <laughs> I didn't think. Oh, hold on, I was uh, 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 
So what did you think? Sorry. Um, <laughs> he, he already asked his last question. It was, how long is this shit? Is this still going? going? Are we going? Uh, Are we fair. live? <laughs> but thanks for having me back on, guys. I certainly appreciate it. It's always nice to do no shows and stuff like that. So hope I was able to answer some our, our pleasure. Absolutely. And then for everyone that's here that is watching, um, just to let you guys all know, this will be the last episode of the year. 